Good day, everybody. Randy Bolander here on the third cup of coffee. A little late in the afternoon for that cup of coffee, but we're going to do it anyway. Hey, don't panic. Some of you are hearing this music and you're saying, this is not my normal podcast music. You should have told us. Well, I kind of just did. Change the music up a little bit, doing things a little bit differently today some commentary, and then into teaching. Stay with us. Hope that you are doing well. We are home, and we have not been home, but we are now. We left town about a week ago. Let's see, what day is it? Well, more than a week, actually. We had a great family vacation, which is not something we have done for quite a long time. And not everybody went. I mean, there's 10 of us. So we played um, we played Paper, Scissors, Rock and took some of them. No, that's not true. We took almost everybody. Um, of course, our older boys are kind of off the payroll and on their own, so they were uh, did not go. And then uh, Zoe just did not want to do the road trip, and we talked with her a little bit. So she stayed home with Grandma and, and had a fantastic time. But we took the younger six and uh, headed to Colorado for a week where we had a blast. Uh, we did something we have not done in maybe 10 or 12 years. You can take a bike, or in our case, eight bikes, and you can go to the top of Vail Pass and ride down Vail Pass through Frisco, I'm sorry, through Copper, down to Frisco. It's about 16 miles, almost all downhill. Had a blast. It was so much fun. It was just easy, nice wide path, um, not along the highway, just kind of, you know, along a stream. Uh, once in a while, you meet a uh, kind of a psychopath riding up the mountain. Uh, but we were we were going down along with most of everybody else. So we did that. That was fun. Uh, we were there two days, kind of did a back through the countryside drive to Colorado Springs where we hung out with some dear friends, got to spend some time with Lou and Therese Ingle. Lou's getting ready to do an event in Colorado called Communion Colorado and he is calling the state of Colorado to take communion, to reconcile, to gain equity in prayer and to press into uh, the, the issue of abortion which is raging in Colorado as it is here in Kansas. Kansas, of all places. Kansas seems so conservative. We've all seen Wizard of Oz. I mean, it's just, you know, Auntie M and, and whoever the other characters are. But it's there's it a battlefield here in regarding to abortion, particularly post-Roe v. Wade, because up until now, it was a little bit all theoretical. But with Roe v. Wade having gone away, lots of things can happen. What has happened in Missouri is that they have uh, blocked abortion. Same in Arkansas, same in Oklahoma, same in Texas. Kansas, however, the Kansas Supreme Court decided that within the Constitution of the state, written in 1859, that there is an inherent right to abortion. And so because of that, all of the laws that have been passed to try and put some limits, some just common sense, you know, let parents know, um, no late term abortion, things like this. All those things have been put on the way, by the wayside. Now, the amendment that is before us, which we'll vote on early in August, the value them both amendment allows the Kansas House and legislature 
to actually legislate and allows them to speak into this issue. And the battle is hot and heavy. How hot and heavy, you ask? Well, I have friends who have value them both signs in their yards that are seeing them stolen, sometimes in the middle of the day. I've got one friend who's got his fifth sign up now because the other four have been stolen. He put an Apple AirTag in the fifth one and tweeted about it. And oddly, that one has stayed exactly where it's supposed to be. So my guess is that uh, somebody follows him on Twitter and heard him talk about it, and they're leaving the sign there. A yes vote would allow the legislature to make decisions that we have sent them to Topeka to make. And it's going bonkers. Uh, there's been vandalism at church sites where they have signs up. Uh, I read yesterday in an article that voter registration is through the roof. Um, however they measured it, they said for a short period it was up by a thousand percent. And I always am really suspicious of statistics like that because if you uh, pick the numbers right, you can say anything you want. But what all that to say is registration is through the roof and we are hoping to see that um, that amendment passed just to allow our legislatures to legislate and do what we told them to do. Now, was gone, and because I was gone, Sally Good, who is a part of our Bridge family, uh, spoke on Sunday, and it was, as I said, the good stuff. It was really, really excellent. And so rather than tell you about it, re-preach it to you, whatever, I don't know, we're going to play it. Stay tuned for Sally Good at the bridge. Well, good morning, everybody. Hi. Hi, everyone. Gee, I wish you could preach today. I was like, Rachel, just stay up there and preach about Tahiti. Oh, man, I love that. This is a new thing for me because this is the first time that I'm preaching as an engaged woman. That's a big deal, you know, and the sweetie is just over there. So it's a little nerve-wracking today. It's a little different. It's just a different process, right? We go through journeys, and um, I am certainly in one. I'm certainly in a journey. And I loved what you said, Rachel, about the, the Father's heart towards the Tahitian church. Is that what you would say? Tahitian church that... He would hear their cries, that he would see their weariness, and that he would send help. Because it is the Father's delight to send help. And it's the Father's delight to remind us that we're his kids this morning. So throughout the first slide, if you want to, um, this is going to be a little bit comical today. These are our new little friends, okay? We can get really serious, can't we? and get really serious about getting oil, the bridegroom, king, and judge. It's all so epic all the time. And yet it's really my heart's desire today that we would follow up on Jeff's amazing message that he shared last week. And that we would just be reminded today that we are kids, right? We really are children. And you know, when we look in scripture, Jesus never says, you know, come to me all the adults. He's never talking about the father-loving adults. He's talking about the father-loving children and that we're kids in his family. And at the heart of this entire story is a father who is, who is wanting children for his family and preparing a bride for his son. That's so profound today. And so I was just realizing again the joyful, playful, confident heart of God. 
that God of Psalm 2 that says, he who sits in the heavens, what does he do in Psalm 2? He laughs. He's so confident about the end of the story that he joyfully looks upon the kings of the earth who are shaking their fists against him and saying, oh, kings, I love you. Kiss the sun, (laughs) right? And he's joyfully confident in the end of the story. This is who he is. He's a joyful, delighted dad who loves us. And so as we consider getting oil, which is quite a sobering moment, right? Let us consider this delightful father. I was also reminded of Psalm 103, where it says that he knows our frames and he remembers that we're dust, right? He remembers that we're simple and we're kind of made from dirt. You know, sometimes I do coaching, you know, I'm a life coach, and sometimes when I'm sitting with my clients and they're looking at my grass, which until yesterday, thankfully, to Tyler, it's cut now, but it's been a kind of a jungle and it's kind of been messy and so I'll be like, look out on that grass. You know what the grass is connected to? They're like, what? Dirt. They're like freaking out about their life and where they're going and what next action step to put in place and what they're doing with their life. And I'm like, just take a minute. Look at that grass. God breathed into that soil and made you. You're doing okay today. Like we just kind of need to take ourselves a little less seriously sometimes. We just need to simmer down and go, it's gonna be okay. The Father is strong. And I just wanna speak that over us. Father, right now, in the name of your Son, Jesus, we just speak the strength and the delight of the Father over every person in this room. God, as we're in the middle of the summer, this is a moment where we get to pause, we get to bring our weariness, our stresses, all the things that we feel before a delighted Father who is full of pleasure as He looks at us. That He's literally like poised on the end of His chair, that great chair in the heavens going, that is my son, that is my daughter, I love them. Look at them trying to get oil. Look at them trying to parent. Look at them trying to love their husband or their wife. Look at them trying to not get mad or kill their children that day. Whatever it is, God, you are delighted in us. And in this moment, I ask as we look at getting oil again, that each heart today would leave with a little bit more of your delight in them resting upon their heart, that it would settle and establish a people to know that it's okay that you really are writing this story and you can be trusted in Jesus' name, amen. So we're gonna do a little bit of a reflection, but we are going to reflect very quickly because I'm looking at the clock. Um, On Jeff's really amazing message, he's doing the slides, so he's looked at them, so he's like, she's read my notes. She's written some points from my notes. Um, I wanted to start out by, you can throw up the next slide, um, a short recap. Last week, Jeff spoke to us from the parable out of Matthew 25 about the 10 virgins, okay? Now, this particular chapter is kind of enclosed or the context of this chapter is Jesus is saying a whole lot of really important things to a group of people about when he returns to the earth, okay? So for any any of you who have read any of these chapters or even been connected with IHOP or the House of Prayer much, you'll know that we talk quite a lot about this. 
a lot about Jesus at the end of the age coming as three different people, okay? The bridegroom, the king, and the judge. And I've heard this so many times, but I kind of feel like it's an invitation this summer to re-meet Jesus in these three ways, right? That in Matthew 25, we're gonna focus on him as the bridegroom. But then as you continue to read through, you'll notice that the story progresses and he shares a few more parables where he shows himself to be the king who is sitting on the throne, ruling over the sheep and the goats. Yeah, it says he'll take his place further on in that chapter. And then it comes to him as the judge who is judging between those who have been the sheep, those who have loved him and served him and given to him, and those who haven't. And so this is a really, really cool part of Scripture. And so I just wanted to read for us again. I tried to rope Miriam in to read for me, but she didn't want to do it today, but that's okay. She she left. She said, no, I don't want to. So that's fine. This version comes from the New Living Translation, and it says this in Matthew 25. Then the kingdom of heaven will be like 10 bridesmaids. I'm very connected with bridesmaids right now as I prepare for my wedding. Who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish, five were wise. The five who were foolish didn't take enough oil for their lamps. But the other five were wise enough to take along enough oil. When the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, they were roused by the shout, look, the bridegroom is coming, come out and meet him. All the bridesmaids got up and prepared their lamps. Then the five foolish ones asked the others, please give us some of your oil because our lamps are going out. But the others replied, we don't have enough oil for all of us. Go to a shop and buy some for yourselves. Verse 10, but while they were out to buy oil, the bridegroom came. Then those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast and the door was locked. Later, when the other five bridesmaids returned, they stood outside calling, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. But he called back, believe me, I don't know you. So you too must keep watch, for you do not know the hour of my return. So what's so important about oil? Jeff gave us some great insight about oil. Oil is mentioned 200 times in the Bible. That's a lot of times mentioning oil. It's good, what did you say, for lotion for the body, it's good for the hair, and it was used for very specific purposes to anoint people for specific tasks. Before the Holy Spirit filled people, he would rest upon people for specific things, right? We know about David, we know about Joshua, we know about these Gideon, we know about these ones who were endowed with power for very specific reasons, and many of those were anointed with oil. And Jeff taught us that the oil is mostly in conjunction with the presence and the power of Holy Spirit, the presence of Jesus with a people. And so as Christians, oh, and then he finally said, this is a very important part, which I loved what you said. The word Christ comes from Christos, which literally means the anointed one, one who has been smeared with oil. So today, my first question, which isn't on a slide, is as Christians, what's our relationship with oil? What does this mean that we've been ones who are smeared with oil? How does this change the way that we relate to God, the way that we relate to others? What does it mean if we're little Christs or little anointed ones, 
What does this mean for us in this hour? You know, he also brought us into the context of the world that we're living in. He gave many examples about all these crazy things that are going on, right? This little guy looks kind of in shock. They've all got glasses, I think. Isn't that interesting? Anyway, this little guy is shocked because he's realizing the precedented times, right? Shrinkflation. I've been thinking about that. I went to Costco after the service and I looked at a packet of smoked salmon, right, which I love buying from Costco. And I realized the price has not changed on smoked salmon, but the amount of little pieces of smoked salmon have changed in that thing. That is shrinkflation. Same price, smaller package, right? So that's one of the many crazy things that are going on in the world today. The gas prices are going up. Politics are just, wow, out of control, right? So we're in very unstable times. And yet, perhaps, what if this parable of Matthew 25 was so appropriate to us today? And what if, like children, it became our joy to get oil? I'm thinking about Proverbs, and again, this isn't one of the slides, where it says, it's the glory of God to hide a matter and the glory of kings to search it out. What if oil was like that for us? What if seeking out the presence and the power of Jesus became the joy of our hearts that we actually got to search for him? That he, he, he postured himself to, be, to kind of be hidden, not hidden in a mean way, hidden in a, hey, discover me, this will become the joy of your life. He remind, Jeff reminded us last week a few things about, and again, this isn't, this isn't a slide, but he reminded us that all of them within Matthew 25, all of them had lamps that were lit, okay? All of them were waiting for the bridegroom, right? All of them had lamps, all of them were waiting, all of them had fallen asleep. That's interesting, isn't it? Okay? The oil could not be shared. That's an interesting thought. It's a sobering thought, right? This is like every tub kind of has to stand on their own bottom. We all have our own little journey that we get to make as we ascend the hill of the Lord, as we get to bring our lives before the Father and relate to Him through the Son. This is a journey that we get to go on. Okay, and then as we considered the context, as we considered the parable, Jeff really beautifully told us about the many and the others. Do you guys remember that? There was kind of a holy hush in the room. He talked about the love of many growing cold in these last, these last days. That, that many would kind of walk away from Jesus, that it would get so hard that many would turn their back, right? And then he kind of set that, that like, oh, that gives me the fear of the Lord. And he kind of set it against or paralleled it with that beautiful verse. It's kind of the crescendo, I think, of Hebrews 11, where it's talking about what could we say about Barak and Deborah and all of these ones. It's like a crescendo. And it talks about others being tortured and beheaded and not loving their lives even unto death. So he's kind of bringing these two groups of people, paralleling them, five wise, five foolish, the others, the others who were so gripped with something of who God is at those end moments that they were willing, 
right? It's terrifying. He goes, I don't know how I feel about that. Me neither. I was looking at that this week, Jeff, and I was looking at that scripture this week and I was like, man, that gives me the fear of the Lord over this. Who are we? Who are we as the bridge community? Are we are those of the many, right? Whose love would just grow cold where we were confronted by the hard sayings of Jesus in the midst of our marriages, raising kids, having jobs, and we'd be like, nah, brah, that's too hard. <laughs> I can't do it. Or are we the ones of the others? It makes me weep. Are we the ones who know him and who are like, I know you, Jesus. Come what may. I love you. And there is nothing that would make me turn my back from you at the moment of your coming. Who are we, the wise or the foolish? And then he, he invited us to consider five ways. How do we get oil, right? This little guy looks very, don't you think these guys are so cute? It just causes us to remember that we're just kids, right? Going, please show us, Father, how to get oil, right? And then he gave us five ways. And they were really good. He said, repent, pray, study, worship, and gather. And he went through these in, in great detail, giving us some really beautiful scriptures. He spoke about the need for repentance that opens up the gate, right? To be right with God and right with others. Confess your sins before God. He's faithful and just to forgive you of, our sin, of your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And then James 5, 16, confess your sins one to another, repent, pray for one another, right? For the prayer of the righteous man or woman avails much. He talked about prayer. He talked about study, setting yourself. This summer, what if there's a bit of a reset? All right, pick a book of the Bible and go deep in it. Pick a book with your kids and say, all right, gang, all right, fam, we're just gonna, we're gonna lock into this book, whatever it is, right? And then he talked about worshiping. He talked about gratitude. He talked about coming before the Lord and, and thanking the Lord for, for who he is, the necessity of that, and then gathering together. So what I thought I would do is I would double click. Has anyone heard that kind of phrase? I would double click on two of these. I would double click on pray and double click on gather for us today, all right? So the first one is how can I meet Jesus in the depths? right? Not, this is not so much about how do we pray, have another prayer meeting, but how do we meet the most excellent one in the depth of who we are amongst the movement and the, the chaos of the summer, amongst kids and, and family and schooling and jobs? What, is this, what does this look like? You know, as I was, as I was considering this, this message and I was like kind of sitting with some of Jeff's, Jeff's content. I was going with what I remembered, and then on Thursday night, he sent me his notes, so I was like thankful for that. But, so I could really meditate on them, but I was just really thinking about how this whole storyline really is going somewhere, right? And you were talking about how, you know, this, this whole movement of history is, is, is moving toward a moment where the Son of Man returns. And so when we consider prayer and as we consider gathering, I'm kind of considering the first and the second commandment, loving God, right, loving others. It's a moment where we get to consider, all right, what is this story? What's the context that it's setting itself in? And where, where are we moving 
toward as a people and as the bridge? Where are we going together? And what kind of questions will we ask together as a company of people? I felt like the Lord kind of highlighted to me this idea of repair, resilience, and vibrance. If you wanna write those three words down, repair, resilience, and vibrance, or repair, resiliency, and vibrancy. And I felt that, like those three words were really key for us as we consider what God is wanting to do in us as a people in 2022. You know, in the summer, I've been uh, reading a few books. I don't know if that's the next slide. Yes, these books. I'm kind of plugging, doing a little bit of a plug. I'm a total geek and I read all the time. And just recently, Jesus helped me read again. In 2020, I kind of lost my ability to read because of the trauma and I just couldn't take things in. And so I've just been devouring books lately. I probably read these three in the past month. And I love them. Daniel actually mentioned the ruthless elimination of worry, of hurry, but worry too. Hey, that's good. Divine Conspiracy, Dallas Willard is one of the most amazing theologians in the spiritual formation space forming you as a disciple. And then this is a brand new book. Many of you know John Eldridge, right? He's just a boss. He's a Jedi of all things, the Father's heart. He's a Jedi of all things like healing, restoration, knowing who you are as a son, as a daughter. Some of you guys may have read Wild at Heart, talking about the, the men and then captivating women. And so he talks a lot in this book about resiliency, the title of his book. And so today I'm pulling some of that for the place of prayer because I really feel like we can learn something together. So repair, resiliency, and vibrancy. What if this summer Jesus was really wanting to repair some things, right? What if he was really wanting to build resiliency in our hearts, the ability to bounce back from difficult things? What if he was wanting us to get a vision of what vibrancy is in our lives? A vibrant heart in the abundant life of God. The first thing that I wanna say about this is that we have an innermost being, right? The question that we ask is, am I a deep well, right? You know when you meet those people, you'll, you'll be at a barbecue or you'll be in conversation and you'll leave talking with them and something about who they are is just so deep. Have you ever had that experience? And you go to your friends, man, they are such a deep well. Has anyone ever had those conversations, right? Like dudes might come out of a conversation with a woman and go, dang, I don't know what that was, that was deep, you know? Or a woman with a man who's incredibly deep, just going, whoa. Well, I got kind of an announcement to make. We are all really deep. We're actually all a deep well. We're all actually made to meet God in the depths of who, who we are. We're all made to plummet into that spot, not just the deep people, you know? Like not just the ones who like have that reputation of being deep. No, we all get to be deep. So that's the first thing that we need to understand is that every human being is a deep well. And this is what Eldridge says, I'm gonna quote him. He says this, Every human being is a deep well. They just don't draw upon these places within themselves because they live near the surface of their own existence. The madness of the world around us with its incessant 
carnival of distraction and demand is designed to keep you in the shallows. But you are deep. You know, Jesus says that out of your innermost being is gonna flow rivers of living water. He talks so much about the heart and about the deep well of who you are. When Jesus talks about something, we should maybe take that serious and consider we're actually maybe deeper than what we thought. And maybe there's an, there's an invitation this summer to go just a little deeper with Jesus. Just a little deeper, step by step. So I would love to just teach you guys a few things about the different levels of who we are, okay? So this is what Eldridge says. These three little guys, lady, another lady, and a man at the bottom. We have three levels to our being, okay? The shallows, the midlands, and the depths, all right? Can you guys guess what these kind of things are? So throw up the next slide. The shallows are the many random, insignificant, fleeting thoughts that are going through your mind at all times. So for example, you'll be in the car and you'll be listening to a really interesting podcast about Tyler really likes things like ancient civilizations. So he's listening to a podcast on ancient civilizations and then all of a sudden he's like, I'm hungry. This is a real thing, <laughs> right? Men, their stomachs, right? So all of a sudden he's like, I'm hungry. And then he's like, man, but if I stop now, I'll be late to my thing. All right, maybe I can make it through the drive-through. Oh, but hang on, I've got to change my tires. Hang on a second, I've got to, like, so it's like all these flitting thoughts from one thing to another. Ancient civilization ends in car tires, ends in all the different things, right? This is the shallows of where we are. It's our watches that vibrate all the time through the day. Those of you who have smart watches, maybe turn that off sometimes because you're constantly interrupted. I know, we have them, don't we, Apple man? It constantly, constantly vibrates, right, through the day, right, all the time. And so we're constantly interrupted. So this is the shallows. Maybe take a minute right now and think about what, what are your shallows right now? What are those things that constantly, like, distract you, right? Like a, a thousand butterflies that are, like, swarming around. Right, next is the Midlands. The Midlands are our longings and our hopes for the earth. It's the questions we ask God, like, what am I made for? What am I called to? You're, you're praying for Aunt Susie who has, has cancer. You're thinking about a son or a daughter that you just had a, a not great conversation with and you're wondering, God, help me understand this child. You're thinking about, like, maybe you're thinking about the stresses of money. You're thinking about a relationship that you want or that you don't have or, or that it, it's just more, it's the midland place, okay? Most of us consider that quite a lot of the time, all right? And then the, the, the next point is the depths. And I love these little pictures. I was like having fun making this. The depths is almost like a primal longing for joy, for faith, for hope, for love, right? It's not really anything to do with what you do, yeah? It's not about the task of the day. It's not even about your calling. It's that, it's that deep desire that you go to bed every night going, is everything okay with my life? It's those deep places, right? And this, friends, is the place of communion with Jesus. This is where we get to go down to as believers. We actually get to do that. And so 
Um, I would love to just share, and we're not gonna be able to get to the second thing because of time, but that's totally fine. We'll just rest here and, and, and we'll wrap up soon. But I'd love to ask the question, how do we get out of the shallows? How do we get beyond the Midlands and meet Jesus in the depths? What does this look like? How do we do this, right? I get it that as believers, people are constantly saying, just pray, just pray, just talk to God, right? But how do we actually do that? And so I just wanna, I wanna just suggest a, a few things. I wanna bring you into my little quiet time with Jesus. I have a front room in my, in my uh, house, so pick a spot, right? It might be in your bathroom, if you've got small children, when you should close the door for those two minutes. It might be in a closet. Pick a spot, okay? And what you get to do is now knowing that you've got the shallows, knowing that you've got the midlands, knowing that you've got the depths, you get to consciously work your way through those places. Sometimes we just dismiss them. We're like, okay, get away all distractions. But the reality is, is they're still there, aren't they? And they're annoying, right? So I think about that old song, take me past the outer courts, right? So we're like moving, we're moving into the holy place with the temple. So we get to, we go, God, I come into your presence and I pray these things out loud. And I say, Jesus, I bring everything and everyone to you. Some of you guys may have done the pause app with Eldridge and you may have prayed this prayer before, but it's so good, it's so all-encompassing. I pray it out loud. You might have three minutes to do this, but it's so powerful. God, I bring everything and everyone to you. And then I list out some of the really annoying things that are on my mind. I list out the distractions. Maybe not, I list out the Midland distractions. God, in this moment, I give these, these big pressures. I give my career change. I give my sick parent. I give my child that's really uh, difficult right now. I give my marriage to you. And then I say, Holy Spirit, help me to meet Jesus in the innermost place. I say it out loud. Holy Spirit, help me to meet Jesus in the innermost place. And I just sit there and I say it quite a number of times. Holy Spirit, thank you. Thank you for the love that Jesus has for me. Thank you for the love that the Father has for Jesus. And so I, I, I settle myself down and I speak these things out loud. There's something about praying out loud. Before that, I put my phone on airplane mode. We can do that, right? And I say, Holy Spirit, help me to descend to meet Jesus, okay? So this is a moment where we get to take time to quiet the shallows and all the distractions, to bridle the midlands, to bridle those things that can, if we let them, take over our entire conversation with God, right? The enemy would love for us to constantly be talking to him about a list all the time. You've just gotta wake up and know that. Oh, the enemy wants me to be completely distracted by this epic change in my life, like my I'm about to get married. So the enemy wants me to just focus in on all of those things all the time, right? Yet I'm like, no way. Always and forever, me and Jesus first. So I have to bridle 
those thoughts into submission to the Spirit to say, first and foremost, I am made to commune with God, right? I am made to touch the depth of who he is. And this might be three minutes, this might be half an hour. This is not about adding a huge, intense moment to your week. It's about recognizing, honestly, that we have levels of our being and that we get to choose where we live. We get to walk in self-discipline. We get to actually bring our minds and our hearts, it says, casting every high imagination, right? Everything that it would exalt itself above the knowledge of the Father of lights who has everything in control. And we get to, I'm gonna bring these things under your leadership and I'm gonna receive your love in this moment. What would this look like, Bridge family, if we started to consider us is like that temple, right? That we get to move past. If you can imagine like a movie scene, outer courts where everybody's talking, where people are like, hey, I've got this to share with you. Hey, you've got all your families in the outer courts, right? You got your job and your career in the outer courts. It's a place of connection, lots of busyness. And you get to, in that one moment in the day, walk past those things and say, they're there and I entrust you with them, Jesus, but I'm walking into the Holy of Holies. I'm gonna take 30 seconds just to be with God. How would this repair us? How would this bring resiliency and our ability to, to bounce back, which essentially is what we need as the world gets more chaotic? We need these things. So what I'm gonna do is, we had a whole nother thing to double click on, but we're gonna leave it there for today because I'm looking at the clock. So worship team, why don't you jump back up? And the question that I'd love us to ponder and invite just prayer, you know, this morning, um, as we consider Matthew 25, as we consider the five wise, the five foolish, as we consider what it, what it means to get oil, as we consider the, the shallows, the midlands, the depths. I just, I just feel like I wanna invite a moment for us to just kind of pause in His presence and kind of like, just kind of take stock in this moment. Just kind of pause and pray that prayer from the Psalms, search me and know me. Just even under your breath, you can say, Holy Spirit, search me and know me. Search me and know me. And reveal any anxious way in me, right? And lead me in the ways everlasting. So maybe this is a moment this morning, just as we're gathered together as a family to to come and as Jeff invited last week for us to repent and to say, I am sorry, Father, that I have allowed my life to be driven forward by the shallows. I've I've looked at other people and I've said, man, they're deep, but I have chosen to live in shallow waters. Maybe you wanna just take a moment today and just bring your heart before Him and just say, sorry, Jesus, oh, how you've made me for so much more. You 
want to show me who you are. You want to reveal the, the, lane, the lamb slain at the center of the throne. You want to reveal the bridegroom, king, and judge. You have things to show me. Maybe it's a moment where you want to just even bring before him some of those things that exist in the Midlands for you. Some of those places where the cares of the world is what Jesus called it. The cares of the world, all those places that are difficult, the challenges, the struggles. I just sense the Father is wanting to say, hey, Bridge family, you don't gotta live there. You don't have to live in this place of, of constantly talking to me about those things. I've got more for you. I've got the Holy of Holies. Walk past them even for three minutes a day. Walk past those things. Maybe for you this morning, it's a Holy Spirit, help me to get to the depths. Help me to meet you in the innermost place of who I am. Help me to take that moment where I use the restroom or sit in the closet or when I'm doing the dishes or driving to my job to just cognitively pass by the shallows through the Midlands to the depth to meet the beauty of who Jesus is. That what if getting oil in this hour became the joy of our lives as a community. So if you guys just wanna lead us in some worship, we're just gonna spend a few minutes just reflecting and then we're gonna pray for each other today. We're gonna pray for one another. You know, when I was preparing this, I was reminded when Jesus said in Matthew 9, He said, and they looked upon them and he saw them and they were like sheep without a shepherd. He saw them. And so today, Jesus wants you to see one another in the Bible.